this is the messy backend, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your host of The Messy Backend, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today because as Mr. Weasley in the Harry Potter books said, Ginny, haven't I taught you anything? What have I always told you? Never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. That is brilliant, especially when it comes to tech and online tech even more because you can't see where it's coming from. But later on, we're going to talk to Jamie Slutsky about tech and how you can connect it together, what the purpose is, um, because sometimes those tech gremlins never, um, never just stop. They're always just going. And Jamie is the host of the podcast called Tech of Business. And it provides end-to-end tech services for delivering online products. She is the tech genius. Yes, she is. And during our podcast today, you'll hear from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. And our experts will help them by sharing their experience, expertise, and the tools that they suggest to get it all cleaned up. So if the tech gremlins are getting to you or you have other problems in your messy back end and you would like advice from one of our guest experts, we want to hear from you. Just give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Now let me introduce you to our freaking awesome panel this week. Paul Sokol, homo sapien, automation Jedi, music fanatic, marketing nerd, cat dad, and metalhead. Roger Copenhaver, sales coach, trainer, consultant, and founder of Connect Utah. Be sure to find out more about our panel and experts, plus get the free stuff they're giving away. Yeah, that's right. They're giving away free stuff. Just head over to our site at themessybackend.com. A big thank you to our entrepreneur, Nikki Nelson, for submitting your question and joining us on the episode today our expert panelists, Paul Sokol and Roger Copenhaver, and our guest expert, Jamie Slutsky. Are you ready to put your business on autopilot and actually live your life? We simply offer the best strategies and solutions anywhere online at Lock and Load Marketing. Development, design, and marketing solutions to keep your business on target. Come conquer life's challenges with laughter with our very own Nate Tucker, founder of laughingwithnate.com. Funny guy, photographer, digital marketer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, animal lover, and most importantly, pizza connoisseur. Visit laughingwithnate.com. Before our show, our panelists are given a detailed description of the entrepreneur listening biggest messes. In this segment, we like to call the E-Mess. They'll share their best idea, strategy, or tool for success. The entrepreneurs who submitted the messes will then choose the advice that they like the best, uh, that they feel is the best solution to their situation. Then in 30 days, we invite them back to hear how the solutions affected their business. On our call today, we have Nikki Nelson, who is the owner and operator of CRFX, a find a find a way company educator and empath. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Hi, how are you? 
Good thing. So Nikki has had several website designers, you know, helping her build her site. And she feels like each time they go to deliver, it's just not quite what she expected. And she's wondering, basically, as a non-techie person, uh, but still an entrepreneur, uh, experts, how does she ask the right questions from the beginning? Um, how does she interview the website designer to make sure that uh, she's going to be getting what she expects. Uh, what say you? <laughs> Let's start with Paul this time. What do you think about this one, Paul? This is a tough one because I, as a web designer and branding starter just myself, I would say about 80% of the people that join me have this problem where they've hired people, they've spent all this money, and they still don't have a working website. I think that probably one of the best tools against this is knowledge. So educating yourself a little bit, even if you're non-techie, is really important. So, you know, somebody's building you a website, does that also mean they're gonna set up your mailing servers, you know? Um, Cause you know, my email at website.com, that's kind of part of the website, right? Or is it? Um, so getting clear on those kinds of things, also being familiar with some of the key web technologies or even just the terms. Like um, I'd recommend always just using WordPress site. You know, there's no, re there's really no reason to custom build anything. Um, and being aware of all the, really the tracking technologies that are available out there, uh, making sure that, you know, your web designers are familiar with tools like Google Tag Manager. So that way they can take all of the different pixels that are out there in the world and put them into a single container. Um, the other thing too would be making sure that you're clear on the business objective of your website. Because at the end of the day, uh, unless you're like a SaaS company, your website is pretty much a marketing asset, maybe a sales asset, but that's kind of about it. So being really clear before you even go to design a website about what are you actually making it for? Because if you're just building a website to look cool and get your face out there, that's not going to drive your business. You need to really make sure that it's a top of funnel asset that absolutely guides people to becoming a lead and getting them into your actual sales process. Um, does that answer the question? I feel like that wasn't a super technical yeah. answer, but I guess it's not. Well, the good news is, is that we're not looking for a technical answer, right? Because we're actually talking with people who really don't understand a lot of tech. Um, a lot of us don't. I mean, Nate is way more techie than I am. Paul, I'm guaranteed that you're more techie than I am. Um, <laughs> I'm more techie than my 27-year-old, though. Let me tell you, it's, it's kind of kind of proud. But um, so basically what I heard you saying is make sure you know what your website needs to do and maybe do a little bit of research to find out how that should be happening, making sure that there's calls to action, um, that there's a real purpose for it. So that's great advice. Roger, what do you think about this particular topic? I would reverse engineer it. I would take a look at uh, some other websites. I would also um, ping a lot of the people you think that will be going to the website and just ask them, take a sample of 10, 20, 50 people, say, what is it that you want to see on the website? Um, I think often, uh, there's nothing against Paul, um, often I think the engineers behind the scenes lose, sometimes lose touch with, and maybe this is the first two people you worked with, Nikki, but they sometimes lose touch with reality in terms of what the end user wants to see on a website, on their phone, on their laptop, whatever it is, um, and, and just take a look. Also, make sure, and this is coming from my advertising marketing background, 
um, other than sales, but make sure that there's a very, very clear call to action, a CTA, something that's going to get them to go to the next step, whether it's going to be click on here um, for more information, whether it's going to be, hey, here's an offer, whether it's here's your Facebook page you want to divert them to, whatever. So two things, once again, you want um, a clear uh, you want to re reverse engineer it to what the end user wants to see. And then secondly, a CTA call to action. Really good. So just for people who may not understand the end user being, because Nikki does massage, the people on the table are the end user, right? right. They're the prospects that are coming to your site, Nikki. You want to make sure that, the, and that's a great idea, Roger. You know, she's doing the massage and she comes to the end and she's like, you know, I'm getting, or do it maybe at the beginning because at the end they're probably too sleepy, but um, you know, I, I'm building a website. What, how would, could my website give you value? That's great because then you can go to your designer and say, Hey, this is what I expect my website to do. So Nate, you and I are like sales funnel lovers. We love yes. the sales funnel. Um, and to me, a website should be something similar to that. But what are your thoughts on this? Um, I love what both Roger and Paul have said, and I, I kind of just want to combine it because, yeah, Paul, he is he's super techy. So and I, I know, Paul, you were trying to struggle with the explaining it in non techy terms, but uh, he, he is really good about like trying at, at least to get a little bit of understanding of what they're going to be doing in the back end. Um, to complement that the front end of the website, what Roger was saying, because it really is you need those call to actions, you need the, you know, market feedback. Like that's such an important thing. Just, Hey, what would you guys want to see on a website? What would make you return to that website? And it could just be like, if it's a massage thing, a lot of people might just be like, Hey, I just want to be able to see your calendar. That is the most important thing. And if 80% of the people say that, and you never even thought of that, you're like, wow, let's put a calendar on there. And then voila, your website's, you know, helpful, essentially. It might not need to do anything else except have that calendar. So yeah, ask your audience, ask the people, um, and ask your future audience, the type of audience that you want, uh, you know, your actual ideal target market. Right now, if you're charging $100 for a massage and you want to charge $1,000 for a massage, go find the people that will charge or that will pay you $1,000 for a massage. Find out what they want build your business around them and then, you know, give a thousand dollar massages and then relax and go get your own massage. You know? Nate wants a thousand dollar massage, Nikki. So Nate would be your target. <laughs> that would be some massage for a thousand dollars. Right. I, I want to experience a thousand dollar massage. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for your advice. Um, the advice that I would throw in is, um, kind of like they said, a combination of all of those things, but just making sure you don't have to know how they do it. Just know what they need to be doing. So you don't have to learn WordPress. You don't have to learn what plugins. You don't have to learn any of that stuff. Just make sure you know what you want. So Nikki, now that you've heard all of the advice, what solution or a combination of solutions would you like to try over the next 30 days and return and tell us all about? Just real quick, I'm not selling massage. I actually have done massage for 20 years and that's what I'm getting away from. So that's my why apologies. I'm on my website. <laughs> but if it's you okay. could get $1,000, way, I, you would I, get one. <laughs> my massage is worth $1,000. <laughs> I believe it. Um, so is everything else I do. Uh, it's <laughs> on my website. I'm looking to um, better put my information out there. So I've done the sales funnel, done the call to actions. I have that there. 
what I'm not doing is getting the translation to my membership sites because I can't, I don't know how to load that stuff on myself and I really um, keep messing it up. And it's just not put together in a way that um, I'm driving the traffic to my site, but making actual connections that become revenue. And so okay. I'm so looking. So we answered a different question than what you were. No, not not really, before. not really. And oh, I want to. Okay. I think I want to stick with um, Rogers reverse engineering because I really feel like that's where all the blips are that aren't connecting the dots. I want to start from scratch again and and I, I'm gonna go with that Roger and I'm actually using somebody I met through Connect Utah to initiate that so this is all really good information because um, we're meeting tomorrow so this will awesome. be a good start for me so we'll be able to initiate that and in 30 days hopefully have something for you to let you know whether it works or not awesome thank awesome. you that yeah that is really great so Roger you get the bell you win the prize today and uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I should get one of those bells. Uh, <laughs> point. Um, so, Nikki, we look forward to hearing back from you in 30 days and kind of hearing how things go. Yeah. Uh, I hope I have great answers and, you know, something working. <laughs> Love it. And you, yes, you, the one listening right now, if you felt inspired to take our panelists' advice in your business, maybe tweak it a little bit to for your individual needs, and then you'd like to share with us, you know, what you used and how it worked in your progress. You know, we'd love to hear back because the key to making this podcast really work is to hear about the results from the suggestions, not just hearing the suggestions. Uh, we want to be able to, you know, learn from not just one expert's point of view, but also the execution of those suggestions provided. You know, people ask us all the time how they can get their podcast up and going. What we tell them is use the platform that we use, podserve.fm. They do all the work to get your podcast up on Apple Podcasts as well as other major podcast networks. After that, they also promote it and they make sure that it's seen by thousands of people. Check out their easy four-step process at podserve.fm slash messy today. One of the biggest software issues that many online businesses have is their shopping cart. What a messy backend that can be. Imagine if your payments weren't going through or if they weren't connecting and your products weren't going out. Well, head on over to themessybackend.com slash cart for more details about Thrivecart. That's the cart we use. And it is the number one software cart that grows your income from existing traffic and believe me, it pays for itself many times over with the high converting checkout pages, upsells and affiliates, easy to set up coupons, beautiful checkout pages. I mean, they guys, they have it all. There's a video over there for you that shows you how simple it is to use. Head on over to themessybackend.com slash cart and get the messy backend of your shopping cart cleaned up. Welcome back to The Messy Backend. We are here today with Jamie Slutsky. Jamie is the host of the Tech of Business podcast and provides end-to-end -end tech services for delivering online products. Jamie, I, I kind of wish we had recorded earlier because we already have gotten some golden nuggets from you, but when it comes to tech, you, not, you know it yourself, but you're also interviewing experts within that as well, so you're just getting it from all sides. We're super excited to have you with us today. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about um, two different things. 
the role of tech in business. In a previous episode, we talked about how do you figure out which tech you're going to use. Yeah. And we probably should have started with the role of tech before that. But if you can kind of walk us through that. And then also we thought we'd kind of talk about automating that tech kind of together, right? Because you can't just have all these separate things. They have to kind of work together as well. So cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can sum up the role of tech in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes, Jamie's. (laughs) But the role of tech is to support your business and your goals. I love that. That is. It's as simple as that. Mic drop. Bumper sticker. I'm going to get that tattooed on my lower back, actually. Like, you totally should. You yeah, that's, should. that's perfect. Yeah. But what tech is designed to do is to make the tasks that if you were to do them repetitively or consistently on your own longhand would take more time than you could. I mean, think of email marketing. You could send out an email one-on-one to every single person that you are in contact with. Email marketing systems allow you to send emails to larger groups of people at the same time. That, that, that's an improvement. It's helping you streamline things, automate things. It's making it easier to do your work. And, you know, I mean, I spend so much time working with online entrepreneurs. Everybody knows that they can't have an online business without technology. And so what we do is we really make sure that we are putting in the tools in place that will support whatever goal it might be. If they want to deliver courses in um, all continents of, of the world, then that's the goal. And what, what tech do we need to use to support that? If they want to be a speaker on stages in their state, that's a different goal. We're going to use a different set of tech to support that goal. Okay. Are we, are we done? Did that- <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. No, no, we're not done. Jamie's got so much knowledge. We're going to just keep picking her brain. Just like, the, like, maybe we should just break these up into a separate podcast. But right. <laughs> yeah, because seriously, like we, we should have started with this. And I think that this is an episode we need to just recommend to people and saying, if you don't know where to start with tech, this is what you do. And, and it goes right along with some other um, interviews that we've had is like, figure out your vision your end goal, what do you want to accomplish? And then find a tool that you can do it with. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that end goal. It's that whatever goal you're working toward. I work with a lot of people who have three-month goals, six-month goals, one-year goals. And you know those could be launch a webinar series, launch a podcast, launch a virtual summit, launch a course, do a membership site. Those are all tangible goals. And there's going to be different tech needs depending on what you're doing, who you're doing it with and for. And so if you're Big mass goal is to, you know, to deliver your courses on all seven continents. That's not your three-month goal. So we may be growing our technology in time as well. You may find the best right solution for here in North America. Um, And then once you decide you're going to go outside of North America, you realize you have to use a different set of tools or you have to use different considerations. And then we tweak the tech stack. We, you know, you can add things, remove things, modify things as you go along, but just understand that whatever you're using now needs to support what you're trying to do and not just be there because some guru told you to put it there. Right. Don't just take the first thing the gurus recommend because oftentimes their business is in a different place than yours is. So you mentioned a tech stack 
Um, and, and I think what that, that leads us right into the next topic pretty easily because tech stack is where you figure out how your, um, tech works together. Right. I, I've actually heard that term before and, but I've never seen a definition of it anywhere, but I just assumed that's what that means is that you're making them work together. So you're stacking them together. Is that. That's kind of the idea. I actually have a tech stack framework, which kind of um, divides up the tech that you use in your business to your base level tools and then the tools that support them, tools that help you grow um, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of just like it's a pyramid of sorts of, but you need to have connectivity between them, which is exactly where you're going of like making these systems and tools work together. There's no point having everything in a silo. Yeah, yeah. So basically, once we get kind of that, we figure out what we want to do and we get the tools that we want in order to really make them work, we need to connect them. And a lot of times they do connect um, together um, on their own and oftentimes they don't. Right. Right. Yeah. So what I call it is there are direct integrations and then there are API integrations. API is a term that you will see. You don't even need to know what it stands for. Just means that these programs are providing a way for other programs to talk to them. That's all it is, is they're providing a conduit. So the direct integrations, whenever you're, again, let's use email marketing. When you're an email marketing system and it has a direct integration with whatever other system, maybe it's with your, uh, your course delivery platform. They have a direct integration. So any communication, any information that needs to go back and forth between those two systems, it's a direct contact. You do it in one system or you do it in the other system and they communicate directly with each other. The other type is the indirect using the, again, the API, which you don't need to know about, but that is generally done either by a developer or by using one of my favorite tools, on the earth, which is called Zapier. Yay! Which- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Every, everybody can love Zapier. And, and it is a great tool. I do totally believe in it. But I am zapless. I can't create zaps. And you know what? There, I'm not ashamed to say that because I have other skills. But for those who are listening, um, just understand what Zapier can do for you. Because then when those integrations aren't working, then you can use this tool. And, you know, in my case, hire that part out. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, how, how does that work, Jamie? Okay, so again, I, I, I'm throwing around the term API and I'm purposefully not describing what it is. But an API basically is telling the world, world, this is how you communicate with me and this is how I'm willing to communicate with you. And all the services out there use those. And then what Zapier does is it reads what these, all these different companies are saying and it is basically your translator. It mm-hmm. is, it's that box in the middle. So if you have something coming in from your payment processor and you want to get that person onto your email list, you want to get them into your course and you want to have record of that in your accounting software, you can use Zapier to funnel all of that information into all those separate other prog- programs without having to touch anything after you have actually set up the zap or if you're like Sheila and you've hired it out, <laughs> which is totally, totally fine. The idea being that all these systems want to be able to communicate with each other, but to have direct integrations with thousands of other systems is just not practical, which is why they expose this API and Zapier has made it their business to be the consolidator and uh, make the conversations actually happen. 
So it sounds like, just to kind of really sum up what Zapier is or, or what these APIs are, it, it's really an automated translator, right? It's, it's an automated bot in a way, once you get it set up, uh, just for our listeners to understand, it's a translator between two software programs. And you don't have to know, you know programming language to get those set up. Uh, it, it does all the translations for you, it goes and talks, and it does it all even when you're asleep or out on the beach or at your kid's soccer game. It's doing all the work and the translation for us, once we set it up, of course, properly, but it's an automated translator, right? Absolutely. Is that a good way of putting it? That is a great way of doing it. And one of the nice things that I love about Zapier is that it will integrate with um, your Google suite of products, which means that if anything can be thrown into a spreadsheet, even if it's not available directly in, like, in Zapier as API, if it's available in a spreadsheet, then Zapier can work with it. And then mm -hmm. Zapier also has integrated like built-in tools themselves my favorite of those being if there's a date and time stamp in one system, they have a way of converting it into the way that a date and time needs to look in another system. So those are just like a couple of little things that I think kind of are icing on the cake for, for Zapier. Just like they make it so easy to have these things talking to each other and, uh, and automating and making it so that you have less mess. You have right. less steps to do manually, which means less chance of error, which means more efficiencies and more throughput. Right. Yeah. No, I like what that. you said about that too, about the less errors, the more efficiencies. Like we have other episodes about hiring team members, you know, bringing them on, interviewing the right people. Well, some people don't realize the team members that you could hire can be robots that once you tell the robot what to do, guess what? Normally, I should say normally, there's a caveat, 99% of the time, they won't talk back. They won't request, uh, <laughs> you know, paid time off. They, you know, won't, uh, hopefully they won't cause issues with your clients. You know, like I said, 99% of the time, but every once in a while they might still get a bug or a virus, you know, some sick time off, but you know, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, things like Zapier are a good way to expand what you have uh, so that you don't have to work as much, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually was, we had, I went to a, an event one time and the guy who was speaking was talking about Zapier and he was telling us all the zaps that he had to make everything automated right down to it, his house checking his garage door if it's closed at 10 o'clock at night and if it's not closed to send him a notification on his phone and then he can close it with his phone so you can really i mean you know obviously ai's and whatever but that's not what zapier is not an ai it is something that you tell it specifically what to do but um <laughs> jamie it's so brilliant to talk to you and we will definitely be having you back so anybody who's listening definitely if you have tech questions we'll have jamie back and, and answer those questions for you and be sure and listen to her her tech podcast um remind me again i'm having it's a tech, tech, of, tech business. of business yeah super yeah. simple tech of business yeah so if you've got tech questions um definitely check that out um jamie you're brilliant thank you so much for being here with us today thank Thanks, you for jamie. having me and if you are listeners, and I guess I already said this in a different way, but if you're listening now and you have a messy back end, don't be ashamed. We do too. Sometimes yes. you just have messes. Uh, but if you would like personalized advice to clean up those messes, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com.
And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or by visiting themessybackend.com forward slash subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And thank you so much to our advertisers, podserve.fm slash messy. They really can help you get your podcast up and going. It's so much easier with podserve.fm slash messy and Thrivecart, the best shopping cart I personally have ever used. And I have used almost every one of them. So check them out at themessybackend.com slash cart. You will not regret it. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Lock and Load Marketing and Laughing with Nate. Check them out. They can help you. Yeah, it is. It's me and Nate, but definitely we can help you. We understand the messy back end. We live in it sometimes and we clean it up. We're here for you. Last but not least, I would like to give a huge shout out and big thank you to my team who makes the Messy Back End podcast possible. Starting with Nate Tucker, my awesome co-host, who helps bring out your inner beauty and vision through coaching, photography, and video at laughingwithnate.com. Max Winham, who helps us with our audio, well, okay, let's face it, he did our audio and video and cleaned up all of our messes. You can find out more about him at maxwinham.design or visit our website, themessybackend.com. Cassandra Bostwick, my beautiful daughter who helps us with our show notes and editing because she's a much better writer than I am. Kendall Whitesides, who does such a great job on our voiceovers for our intro and outro. Now remember, if it tires you out, hire it out at Lock and Load Marketing. We do more than just marketing. We clean up your messy systems and put your business on autopilot to generate the income you're definitely wanting. Wondering what tools we use for our business at The Messy Backend? Visit themessybackend.com slash tools today. Thank you all for your time and expertise in helping us clean up messy backends all over the world. Woo, well, that's all we have for today's episode of The, 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 the Messy Backend. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end and needs a little attention.